0: TODAY ON THE JOHN INKERBERG SHOW, WE WILL EXAMINE THE TOPIC, CHRIST AMONG OTHER GODS. MAYBE YOU'VE HEARD IT SAID THAT ALL RELIGIONS ARE EQUAL, BUT DO YOU REALLY THINK THAT'S TRUE? IF YOU THINK THAT ALL THE DEITIES ARE THE SAME, OR THAT ALL RELIGIONS AGREE ON THE ESSENTIAL POINTS, THEN THIS PROGRAM IS FOR YOU. RELIGION, IF IT IS WORTH THE NAME, CLAIMS TO MAKE FACTUAL STATEMENTS ABOUT SPIRITUAL REALITY. This means that every religion has the responsibility of giving evidence for its truth claims. Such evidence should be accessible to believers and non-believers alike. Christ presented himself as the one and only qualified Savior who was able to bring men and women to God. Today we will examine some of the evidence Jesus gave for his claims. we will share with you more of Christ's statements that he made to crowds of people, to religious leaders, and to his disciples that he was clearly God. My guest today is Dr. Erwin Lutzer, pastor emeritus of the Moody Church in Chicago, Illinois, where he served as the senior pastor for 36 years. He is featured on radio programs across the country, speaks internationally, and is the award-winning author of numerous books. We invite you to join us for this important edition of The John Ankerberg Show. Welcome to our program. I'm John Ankerberg. And the topic that we're going to talk about today is something that I wonder if very many people have ever thought about these words. We're going to talk about the claims that Jesus Christ made about Himself." These are the very words that came off of His lips that people heard. They're absolutely astonishing, and I want you to hear them. And we have a distinguished guest with us today, Dr. Erwin Lutzer, pastor emeritus of the historic Moody Church in Chicago, Illinois. He was the pastor there for 36 years. He's the author of many best-selling books, and one of them is Christ among other gods. And the fact is, this is a tremendous book, and I hope that you'll get this. But um, Erwin, you have looked at some of these things, and you want to say a personal word to our audience today before we actually tell them what Jesus said.
1: First of all, John, I want to say that today's program is so exciting. I think that people are going to hear things about Jesus that possibly they didn't know before, and I think it's going to be transforming. Yes. But first of all, for those of you who have joined us, Ingmar Bergman was a filmmaker in Sweden. One day he was in a cathedral, and he looked at a picture of Jesus and said, Speak to me. And there was dead silence. And that became the basis of a movie he made entitled Silence. Today, we're going to discover that God is not silent. God has spoken with clarity, and He has not stuttered. Isn't it wonderful to know that there is a word that comes to us from outside this universe that gives us hope, that helps us to understand who we are and the salvation we are able to participate in? Call some of your friends. Thanks again for joining us, and now we're going to be looking at the claims of Christ. And I believe that all of us will be inspired, and at the end, we will worship. And, folks, uh, I want to
0: backtrack with uh, Erwin on that one. Jesus made some claims about Himself that no other religious leader has ever made. Now, we both have degrees from school, masters, doctorates, and so on. And I'm just saying to you, as I have read other religious leaders, I've never heard any religious leader make such claims. And when you hear them, what I'd like you to do, I want you to say, what do I think about what Jesus just said, and what should I do about it? That's where we're going with this. There's a practical application. It's not just theory here. These are things that Jesus actually said, and what are you going to do with them, okay? And let's start with the first one. This may be odd to a couple people, so we might have to explain it. But this is one that stopped the crowd that He was talking to cold. I mean, boom, it stopped them cold. Jesus, talking to a crowd, all of a sudden made the statement, before Abraham it was in the Old Testament before Abraham was even in existence he said I am
1: Now Irwin
0: what do those words mean and then tell them how the crowd
1: reacted Well this is a remarkable passage of scripture in the 8th chapter of John's gospel Here are all of these people And they are asking him and they are saying, you know, you're not as old as Abraham. Are you older than Abraham? And Jesus shocks them and says, before Abraham was, I am. Now, every Jewish person in those days would have known that Jesus is actually quoting what is in our Bible in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, where God says to Moses, I am that I am. Jesus here is making a very clear affirmation of His deity. But let's just think about that phrase for a moment. It's remarkable. I like to think of it this way, John. It's as if God is saying, I am who I am and not who people want me to be. You and I know that we're living at a time when everyone seems to have their own God. Even here in the Western world, you know, there's the God of my health and wealth. There's the God of my gender. I am God. I can determine my own destiny. And what Jesus is saying here, identifying Himself with Jehovah in the Old Testament, I am God. And you know, this is a wider subject, but people need to understand that the God revealed in the Bible is a God of wrath. He's a God of anger. But He's also a God of mercy. He's a God of forgiveness. And immediately after Jesus makes this statement, the Bible says that they took up stones to stone Him. Of course they would. After all, what is a man doing making himself God? That is the highest blasphemy. Right. If people that
0: are Jewish that are listening, you remember when Moses was called by God to go to Pharaoh and tell him, We're taking the whole crowd, our whole nation, out of Egypt. And Moses said, Who, me? And he said, They're going to ask me, Who sent you, Moses? Who are you? And the words came back to Moses, Go and tell Pharaoh, go and tell Israel, The great I Am has sent me to you, and that will be my name forever. He's the I Am. And that's what Moses took to Pharaoh and eventually took all of Israel out of Egypt. All of the Jewish people know that one. But the fact that Jesus said, standing there in front of the crowd, I am the I Am. He had come from heaven, and He was incarnate. He was in human form, and He was standing there saying, I'm the one. Another place, He said, I have all power in heaven and in earth. And, you know, when I'm speaking to a crowd, I used to speak on 78 university campuses. When the crowd reaches for rocks, I say, well, what did I say? Must have been something important, or I need to get out of here. But Jesus left them with those words, and they said, that's blasphemy. Nobody could be God in
1: human form. But that's what He said. And you know, John, in our next program, we're going to talk about why Jesus had to be God to redeem us. A man cannot redeem us from our sins because a man participates in all of our sins. And so Jesus comes to us, in effect, from heaven, the God-man, and He becomes the Redeemer. But imagine Him standing saying, I am that I am Jehovah, God here on earth, God has spoken. Let's go to another claim.
0: Let me give you another one. He's talking to the people, and He says, you know, uh, a lot of your shepherds are here, and uh, the common people listen to Him gladly. And He says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down His life for the sheep. What does it mean to be the good shepherd?
1: Well, you know, then of course He contrasts the good shepherd with the bad shepherd. Because he said that a bad shepherd sees the wolves coming and runs, but the good shepherd stays with the sheep. But John, I want to pick up on something else in that passage. And Jesus also says, I am the door, the one who goes through me will find pasture. He's still using the same imagery. Yes. Well, you know that there are people today who are looking for some hope. They look around them and they don't see any hope. But even worse than that, they look within themselves and they don't see much hope. There are people who are struggling with guilt and regret and depression, and they're saying there is no hope. Jesus said, if you come to Me and through Me, you will find pasture. That's exactly what sheep want, of course, is a place to graze. So, figuratively speaking, when we come to Jesus, our spiritual needs are met and that's why He is so critical and so important. Yeah.
0: I've heard from people in Africa, people from India, people from actually even Iran have sent me letters and have been very kind. But they've always asked this question, who is Jesus? It's the most asked question that we get in 200 different nations. They want to know who Jesus is. now. There's 4,000 languages that don't even have a Bible. So we're working to provide that. But here's one for all of those folks that are wondering who Jesus is. He said, "Irwin, I am the way, the truth, and the life, in John 14, 6. You've got a great illustration for this, but what did Jesus mean when He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life?
1: Remarkably, Jesus again is emphasizing that He is the only way to the Father. That's what the rest of the verse says. No man comes to the Father but by Me. Now, John, you and I know what it's like to be lost in a city that we've never been to before. Right. And uh, we roll down the window of the car and we ask, where are we? And somebody says, I'm new here too. I can't help you. What we want is a reliable guide. And what Jesus said is, when you follow Me through the desert of life, I am the way. I am the truth. We emphasized that in the last program about the fact that Jesus actually embodies the truth, and He is the end for our search for truth. There are people who are listening today, John, who are on their spiritual journey. In fact, everybody's on a spiritual journey. And they wonder whether or not that journey will ever end. Well, when we find Christ, we finally find what our soul desires, something we can depend upon, something that is uh, able to forgive us, to give us hope. And so Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Now physically He's the life because He actually is the Creator also of all life but spiritually to think that He is going to take us to the Father and we will be with Him forever. Maybe I can summarize it this way. Someone has said, without that way, there is no going. Without that truth, there is no knowing. And without that life, there is no living. So, Jesus embodies all of that and an astounding claim. There's no dictator in history who would have had the nerve to say what Jesus said, and Jesus said it because He had the credentials.
0: Yeah. I want to make this personal, so I'm going to throw you a new one. And that is, the fact is, I just read in the paper that uh, Bill Gates and his wife, some of the richest people in the world, divorced after so many years. And you hear about famous people that have everything and they're divorced, and they're searching, and there's no fun in their life. In fact, there's a lot of trouble in their life. And then the children have trouble. And in our society, we have people on drugs. We have people that have uh, all kinds of problems, not only here, but we hear this all across the world with the COVID and with death and dying and so on. People have questions. Why am I here? Jesus said this, I am the light of the world. He that follows Me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life." I love that. He has the light of life. People that are in darkness and wondering, what's it all about? He's got the light of life. What does it mean?
1: And you know, in the Old Testament, the Bible says that people stumble in the darkness and they don't even know what they're stumbling over. There are people who are listening today who are looking for something, and they don't even know what they're really looking for. And that's why they seek happiness and fulfillment in all of the wrong places. When Jesus said He was the light of the world, what He was talking about is His ability to guide us, to forgive us, and to give us what we ourselves do not have in our own darkness. He is the light. John, there's another verse I thought that you were going to refer to with regard to that. He said, I am the bread of life. Now imagine this, Lenin would have never said this. Lenin said that when communism would be in Russia, there would be a loaf of bread on every table. Every table. But notice what Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes on me shall never thirst." Now, John, let's talk about all of the people that we are speaking to today who are in poverty and they are starving. They are starving physically. They don't know where their next meal is coming from. But what Jesus is saying is, I'm giving you an eternal kind of bread, the bread of life. There are people who are starving in this world who will wake up in the world to come with joy and satisfaction because of the fact that they got to know Jesus, who gives meaning to lives that are torn apart because of their sin. You mentioned divorce. We could mention all kinds of other problems that people are facing today. And what Jesus does is, He says, I can put your life together and I can give you spiritual food even though your world is falling apart. Right. I've heard so many 20-year-olds
0: that have called in this last week. One guy said, I'm at the top of my class, but I really just don't know what it's all about, and I feel like committing suicide. I've told my father, I've told my mother, they don't know what to say to me. Jesus said this, I am the resurrection and the life, Whoever believes in Me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in Me shall never die." And then He asks the question, do you believe this? Because every one of us are going toward death. We want to know what it's all about. And we're man-centered. We're trying to get happiness from ourselves. Jesus has the happiness that He can give to us even while we live. But when you die, which is one of the most important questions, because we're all going to die, and everybody that's listening to us in 200 countries, you're going to die. Some of you are dying faster because of the COVID. But the fact is, listen to this verse. I am, like Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection and the life.
1: First of all, John, a word to those who are contemplating suicide. It's always a bad idea you are putting a period where there should only be a comma in the sentence. There are people around you who are able to help you. Don't ever live in despondency and despair alone. Reach out, and especially reach out to Jesus because He is going to be there to help you. And in the end, yes, all of us die, and Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except by Him. And whoever believes in Him, as He says, shall never die. We're all going to die physically, but not spiritually. John, I want to speak to all those who have joined us today. I want to share my heart with you. First of all, another statement, promise that Jesus made that I want to leave with you. You know, Freud believed in psychotherapy. The problem is that Everyone supposedly has within themselves the resources to put life together. But Freud would have never been able to say what Jesus said. When he made the astounding statement, he said, My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus from the outside does not expect you to have the resources in order to find meaning to life and to find peace. He says, it's a gift I have to bring you. Nobody else in this world has ever made a statement like that before. I have a friend who was visiting the Far East and when he was there in a hotel a man walked across the lobby and said, I am a fortune teller. I'd like to tell your fortune. And my good Christian friend said, Yes, I'll give you permission to do that. He said, But first of all, you have to answer a question. The fortune teller said, What? My friend said, Tell me my name, first, middle, and last name. And the fortune teller said, I can't do that. And so, my friend said, you cannot tell my fortune. My friend today, do you know what the Bible says about Jesus? We alluded to the passage a few moments ago where he was talking about being the Good Shepherd. The Scripture says, I call my own sheep by name. When you receive Christ as Savior, of course, He knows everybody's name because He is God, But He will know you in a very special way, and you will be His. But what you need to do is to acknowledge your sinfulness and your need for a Savior who made all of these claims, who has spoken so clearly about our need. And I urge you today, come to Him. Come to Him even with your doubts, but come. How can people come into
0: that personal relationship would you say a prayer that if they are right now willing to say that about themselves, that they could yeah. speak it along with you,
1: but they would be praying it to the Lord themselves about themselves? Let's pray to God. And even as we do, what you are going to say to Him is you're acknowledging your sinfulness and that you're receiving Jesus as your Savior to forgive your sins, and to make you His child forever. Father, I thank You for sending Jesus Christ to this world so that I could be forgiven, so that I could belong to You forever. I acknowledge my sinfulness. I thank You that Jesus is the Good Shepherd who died for His sheep, and I receive Him at this moment as mine, by faith. In His name I'm going to pray. Amen.
0: Folks, I thank you for joining us, and I hope that you did pray that prayer with Dr. Lutzer. And next week we're going to pick up a topic, The Extraordinary Death of Jesus Christ and the Extraordinary Resurrection of Jesus Christ. What happened when Jesus was dying on that middle cross. Do you really know? We're going to talk about it. I think you'll find it very interesting. I hope that you'll join us. And I'd like you to stay tuned for just a moment because I have a personal word for you. Stay tuned for scenes from next week's program. Now, thanks for being with me today. If you've thought about what makes Jesus unique among the 4,300 religions in the world today. And you'd like to investigate the information for yourself that you've heard presented, as well as the facts given throughout this series about Jesus. I want you to know that we are making available all six TV programs with Dr. Erwin Lutzer on two DVDs for a gift of $39 each, or both DVDs for $78. IN PROGRAM 1, HE EXPLAINS WHY ALL ATTEMPTS TO UNITE CHRIST WITH OTHER RELIGIONS OF THE WORLD ARE DOOMED TO FAIL. IN PROGRAM 2, HOW OUR PREVAILING CULTURE OF TOLERANCE HAS ALTERED EVEN SOME OF OUR CHRISTIAN CHURCHES' BELIEF ABOUT GOD. THEN IN PROGRAM 3, WHY IS IT LOGICALLY ABSURD TO BELIEVE THAT ALL THE RELIGIONS OF THE WORLD COULD BE EQUALLY RIGHT? IN PROGRAM four. WHY DOES EVERY RELIGION HAVE THE RESPONSIBILITY OF GIVING EVIDENCE FOR ITS TRUTH CLAIMS THAT IS ACCESSIBLE TO BELIEVERS AND non-believers ALIKE? IN PROGRAM 5, WE PRESENT THE EVIDENCE FOR JESUS' EXTRAORDINARY DEATH AND RESURRECTION. IN PROGRAM 6, THE EVIDENCE THAT JESUS HIMSELF GAVE TO SHOW THAT HE WAS THE ONE AND ONLY QUALIFIED SAVIOR WHO WAS ABLE TO BRING MEN AND WOMEN TO GOD. Now, IN ADDITION, WE'RE MAKING AVAILABLE DR. Erwin LUTZER'S EXCELLENT 252-PAGE BOOK, CHRIST AMONG OTHER GODS. And THIS IS FOR A GIFT OF $15. NOW, THIS IS A TREMENDOUS BOOK, FOLKS, THAT IS FULL OF CRUCIAL INFORMATION THAT YOU'LL ALL WANT TO READ. IF YOU WISH TO HAVE ALL SIX PROGRAMS ON TWO DVDs, PLUS DR. LUTZER'S IMPORTANT BOOK, THEY ARE AVAILABLE TOGETHER FOR A GIFT OF ONLY $90. NOW, IF YOU LIVE IN THE U.S., YOU MAY ORDER RIGHT NOW BY CALLING US AT 1-800-805-3030. THAT'S 1-800-805-3030. AND YOU MAY CALL THAT SAME NUMBER ANY DAY THIS WEEK, 24 HOURS A DAY. OR YOU MAY GIVE YOUR GIFT AT OUR WEBSITE RIGHT NOW AT JASHOW.COM where we have a secure place for you to give your gift. That's jashow.org. And then, if you live in Canada, would you please call us at 1-866-746-5803? That's 1-866-746-5803. Or you may order at our Canadian website, at jashow.ca. That's jashow.ca. And when we receive your gift, we will send you a receipt and a personal thank you. And I'll appreciate your help very much. Next week on The John Ankerberg Show.
1: Now, there are people listening who are saying, well, Christianity is like other religions. Other religions also have a blood sacrifice. But in Christianity, John, God becomes the sacrifice.
0: Our goal is to present the evidence for the gospel worldwide and to encourage Christians in their walk with the Lord. This program is sponsored by the John Ankerberg Show Ministries and is made possible by the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts.